passes last year. This one's knocked up. Bowers tips it to himself, and he'll score. Snaps it anyway. Greer lobs it in the air. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores on the last year. Here's a Blackson. going on everyone we are back it is episode 52 of college football talk here and we have a week 12 recap for us today Mm -hmm. um lots to talk about huge show today a lot of chalk happened this weekend (laughs) as i thought i think you thought maybe too for a little bit yeah for some games that ended up Mm -hmm. not being anything they some games could have a player two here or there. We could have had a lot of chaos, but instead, yeah. talk, and that's about it. So maybe we'll get something new. Uh, rivalry week coming up here, starting up Thursday with the Egg Bowl. But nonetheless, we got a bunch of shows or games we're going to talk about. Plus, since we were recording a day early, uh, we were mm-hmm. going to give our top six for the newest rankings, our newest weekly playoff ranking predictions for this week. Uh, as well as some hot seat questions and winners and losers of the week. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribing to the channel. Um, subscriptions have been up recently, so we love to see that. But make sure yeah. you guys are doing that because it helps the brand out. A lot of you guys mm-hmm. are watching. We just had a record-setting video from the other about from last week's. Uh, I think it was the last week's recap, but yeah, uh, hundred views on that. Awesome to see the guys. Mm-hmm. This most recent episode had over eighty views, so keep it up. Make sure you guys are liking and subscribing yeah. nonetheless, too. Turn the we love it. There we go. Now you can see me. So I think we're going to hop right into it. We're going to start in the rainy Pacific Northwest where Washington breaks down Oregon State's dam and survives mm-hmm. up in Corvallis, a rainy and cold Corvallis for that matter. Thank God I wasn't there for that one. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, Washington, you know, <clears throat> the biggest thing I was uh, thinking would plague them in this was their defense had been struggling recent last couple weeks, especially mm-hmm. against, you know, the pass is one thing, but, you know, the run game has been iffy. So, yeah. it, you know, Oregon State had come in with a really good run game with Damian Martinez, DJ Uyangale can use his legs as well. So, you know, I thought, you know, time of possession, if Oregon State can mm-hmm. control that, run the ball well, you know, they're going to do well. And yeah. Oregon State did that. They had mm-hmm. 15 more minutes of time of possession. Yeah. 37 minutes. Uh, Davey Martinez had 26 carries for 123 yards, two touchdowns. They rushed for 148 yards in total. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Uyangale, 15 to 31, 164 yards. But the biggest thing that ended up really being the difference maker was the turnovers. Uh, Oregon State had three turnovers in the game, which ended up being really the costly mistakes. Yeah. Uh, it was a. F- you know, they had forced a fumble, Washington to fumble. Oregon State got the ball back. A play later, they fumbled it right back to Washington. Yeah. And then, and right, and so they got Washington got the ball right back in Oregon State territory, went down and scored. Um, mm-hmm. 
there was a bad pick by Uyangale at the end of the game, as well as in the middle there. Uh, that really just ended up being the difference maker because, you know, you know, it's a two-point ball game and the yeah. well, I forget the two points came from uh safety. Yes. So yeah. you know, there you go. I mean, that was the difference maker because I mean Oregon State had chances. The biggest chance mm-hmm. they had was in the red zone. They was 22-17. They were yep. driving and they had the ball inside the Washington 30. Mm-hmm. And there was a one bad play, like first or second down, that really set them back. And then they just weren't able to do much after. Had to kick yep. a field goal, but couldn't do anything after. So credit to Washington. Michael Pennison really had the, his best game 13 of 28 for a buck 62, two touchdowns. Rome Adunze, who is an NFL caliber wide receiver right now, stole the show. He was player of the game, had seven mm-hmm. catches for 106 yards, two touchdowns, game clinching catch on third down. What a ballsy move right there. Third and three. Raining, gross. They freaking throw a ball for a 19-yard game. Just an absolute laser beam by Penix. They yeah. had to be one spot, one spot only. He dialed it up right there. Ended up being the clincher. So, the perfect spot. Were you more play. impressed with the way Washington was able to find something on offense, or how the defense was able to step up? I was more impressed with the defense, just because we've had this conversation a couple weeks now. Is that Washington? The biggest thing that would keep them out of the playoff discussion is the fact that their defense is subpar, right? Yeah. Is they consistently give up a lot of points to a lot of teams who, you know, we initially said didn't have good offenses, and their offense at times sputtered too against bad competition too. Yeah. But, I mean, they showed up today. They played in bad weather. Panics didn't have a particularly great game, but he showed up when he needed to for this team. Yeah. So, I mean – they beat the number 11 team in the country. I mean, what, what more could you ask of them, right? For sure. For sure. I like what you said there. He showed up when he needed to, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, he wasn't – he was missing some throws. Like, there were yeah. some – it probably had a result to more with the weather, just ball not coming out of the hand. Yeah, he had a below 50%, like, completion uh, in this game, yeah. too, completion percentage. It wasn't – you know, it was not his highest moment. This game probably did vault him out of any conversation for the Heisman. Yeah, just uh, just how the other quarterbacks have been playing recently. Yeah, Maybe just yesterday he might have just dipped a little bit. It sucks because you know, say if it's just a clear Saturday night, who's to say he doesn't go off for like three hundred? Yeah, but no, yeah, again, yeah. I think just but the way that uh, Robe Adunze was able to step up for that Washington receiver group that really particularly mm-hmm. didn't really have a good day, except outside of him, not much went on. So yeah. credit to him for stepping up in a big way. He had two massive touchdowns. Uh, but <clears throat> if you're Washington, just train keeps moving along, and now you clinch a spot in the Pac-12 title game. Mm-hmm. And so you're all good there. You have the Apple Cup coming up. So as long as you yeah. don't lose that game, you get it at home. So as long as you don't find a way, Cam Ward, that, that – uh, that, uh, Cougar offense completely mm-hmm. torched Colorado this weekend. But, yeah. I mean, unless they just go in there and just with the absolute upset intentions on their mind and beat Washington, Washington's going to go into the Pac-12 title game undefeated. And yep. <clears throat> they'll either play Oregon if they win this week, this Friday against Oregon State. If Oregon yeah. doesn't win and Arizona wins, Arizona's going to go into the Pac-12 title game. So, Arizona was 
lost by Washington this year by seven. So mm-hmm. close games for both teams, but expect an Oregon win, but no. you never know. Uh, if you're Oregon State, you know, nothing to hang your hat on. You played a really good game, just turnovers mm-hmm. in the bad weather probably was the most important part of that. But listen, if you're Washington, keep on rolling. If you win, you're going to be in. And that's all I can say. So think we're uh, ready to move on? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Only other thing I wanted to bring up is congratulations to Washington and Washington State for agreeing to terms to continue the Apple Cup. Thank you. Legitimately, those... the best news I got on Sunday. I think it rolls till, was it 2028? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. A five year extension, which is what they needed, you know, just some sort of continuation. For sure. We just don't we need to see that with the Civil War, too. I think we're going well, I'm going to double check that, but I believe that is getting that there's talks about it. They're still trying to find out the details. All right. So while he's looking that up, we're going to move on mm-hmm. to the next game here. And this. Yep. The 3.30 kickoff on CBS, it was the game of the week for the SEC, it was Georgia heading down or heading up to Knoxville, an old yep. rocky top, take on the 18th-ranked Tennessee Volunteers, according to the playoff rankings. And Georgia, you know, a lot of people were asking was, is this going to be one of those games where Beck's finally, Carson Beck and this offense and this team in general are going to, be overwhelmed again, kind of like they were at Auburn, and kind of just play down in the competition and keep Tennessee in this, and it's just going to be upset, like legit upset threat. I mean, they – Well, it didn't happen. No, it did not but happen. It was just, yeah, let's just – It was <laughs> – so the game couldn't have started any worse for Georgia, any mm-hmm. better for Tennessee. One play, and Jalen Wright had a 75-yard touchdown. Uh, a questionable no call and a hold where uh, yeah. middle linebacker CJ Allen was being bear hugged uh, mm-hmm. and would have probably been able to make a tackle on Jalen Wright if that was called. Wasn't nonetheless. Jalen Wright scored. Uh, Georgia then allowed that was the eighth straight game. Georgia mm-hmm. has allowed an opening possession touchdown. So there's that. Vice mm-hmm. versa, you could say, okay, well, you get that out of the bad, bad stuff out of the system because after yeah. that, uh, Jalen Wright, we'll just use Jalen Wright as an example. Jalen Wright had nine carries for 90 yards after mm-hmm. that touchdown, eight carries for 15 yards because you count yep. the one. So, eight carries for 15 yards. Uh, that's not good by yeah. any standards. Uh, Joe, Joe Milton really struggled today or yesterday, mm-hmm. 17 to 30, a buck 47, missed a yeah. couple throws that really could have helped him out yesterday. There was one I just always stand, stand out to me. Was one squirrel white went right down the middle, or like the left left seam, mm-hmm. and Joe Milton just overthrows him by like twenty or like fifteen yards, and it's like you can't miss that bad. Yeah. I mean, incredible arm, just one hell of an arm, probably the best arm in college football. But his accuracy is very poor. And yeah, it has showed consistently every at least once or twice each game this year. Just hasn't been able to find that. Mm-hmm. Heard him yesterday. They just couldn't get anything going. The defense for Georgia somehow, for some reason, after they give up a touchdown, just puts the clamps on. Yeah. 13 first downs Tennessee had. 2 of 11 on third down. Only had 19 minutes of possession. Mm-hmm. Georgia had 41 minutes worth of time of possession. 9 of 13 on third downs. The nation's best third down offense and defense showed up again yesterday. Carson yeah. Beck. 
who was quietly just keeps on moving up the Heisman boards. He is now fourth, I think, right? Fourth yeah. best odds? But I plus think you're right. 3,000. Because he's behind Knicks, Daniels, like Marvin Harrison. And yeah, so, yeah, so Knicks number one, Daniels, uh, Penix Jr., Marvin Harrison, fifth, Carson Beck Jr. So Carson Beck, 24 30. 298 mm-hmm. yards, three touchdowns, 80% completion percentage, average had over 10 yards for 10 yards of completion. Just another onslaught. We came in, I talked about this on the Thursday show in our preview show where I yeah. said Tennessee is going to struggle this game because they rank 70th in the pass. Mm-hmm. I think I have the flashcard here still. Here it is. Here where we got here. Oh, here we go. Georgia's 14th in passing yards going into this game. Tennessee was 70th in passing defense. Uh, And Georgia doesn't allow sacks. Georgia kept – I mean, Beck was just doing whatever he wanted back there. And, you know, Dylan Bell had a great game. Marcus Roseby, Jack Saint had a great game. Eight different people caught a pass. Just an utter onslaught. They had 27 first downs, 71 plays to 55. Just an under onslaught. Dogs keep on rolling. I mean, what do you think for this? I mean, look, to me, the biggest thing is that um, Georgia is just (laughs) – they're just a step ahead. Like, you know, I don't – like, what's the best way to describe this? I I do think that Tennessee was a fake team. If we're being honest with ourselves, wow, giving me the whole spotlight right now. Um, you know, look, just looking into the numbers, Tennessee could not keep up in a single facet of the game. Their defense couldn't slow down Georgia. Their offense couldn't keep up. They're not even in the same playing ground right now. I mean, Joe Milton's not a great quarterback. He's had moments, but, like, he's not good. No. When the lights shine brightest, he falls apart. Has this been a – does this indicate anything that, like, maybe, like, it's just a bad year for Josh Heupel in this offense? Yeah, I think I think it's just a rebuilding year for them. You know what I mean? They got, they think, got, a, they got that one five-star freshman coming in, or he may, he might already be the backup. I'm not completely sure. but The quarterback? I think that's the guy, that, the Nico. The guy Nico, the, Nico, he's on the team. So mm-hmm. they don't want to – so he can't play next week. Yeah. Or he can't play – but there's no reason to play him. Oh no, no, no! Oh, they were talking about so he. They yeah. some people were asking like, why maybe not? Why not bring him in for this game? Because he mm-hmm. was if they used him against Georgia, he would have used up his fourth game of eligibility, so he okay. they wouldn't be able to redshirt him. Yeah. But so he can play next week against Vanderbilt if they are up big enough, and then in the bowl yeah. game because the bowl game game doesn't it's, it's, count towards your eligibility. Yeah. So I think I think if you're ten, you're you're Josh Heupel, you're that staff, you're going. You know, this is just a stepping year, a stepping stone year. And even then, they're like, hey, you know, we were ranked for most of the year, so we can't be that bad. Which, you know, I would say that's, I guess so, right? But, I mean, that program's just a st- still a step behind. I st- I mean, you lose Brew McCoy, yep. you have a new quarterback, you lose some mm-hmm. weapons. But the defense has played better this year, but yeah. losses to Florida. Which is, but they just will, weren't able to yeah. beat anybody. Like, good. Mm-hmm. Like, their best win is A&F for Kentucky. I think it's Kentucky because they beat and Kentucky. Kentucky just lost to South Carolina. So yeah. Kentucky's not good, but for Kentucky, they're good. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you get what I'm – yeah. 
But um, yeah, I mean, good win for Georgia. I will say this is the craziest thing about this. I'd be like, this is a weird statement. But hear me out on this. Next week, Fiends King might be the best quarterback they'll play all year up until the SEC Georgia is going to rip Georgia Tech in half. I don't know. I don't think Tech is that bad. I feel like it's going to be. I don't think they're a solid. I don't think they're a decent bulk. I don't think they're a bad bulk club. Yeah. But they're not anywhere close. They're as know, been, man. It's, you it's keep been a waiting couple for years since they've. There's no you guys. You know what I mean? It's um. Not a chance. There is Look, no it, shot. The thing is, the thing is, I, I I think Georgia Tech is a solid team. I think I so think, too, but I just and, think and that I, like I said, I do think Haynes King is going to be the best quarterback he's played this year, which is so. A wild if you're worrying about a letdown spot, here's why mm-hmm. I will say that's not going to happen. So, okay, if you think about it, most of the coaching staff are what Georgia mm-hmm. alumni, so they've yeah. played in this rivalry. Mm-hmm. And what do you know, Kirby Smart's doing? He's preaching yeah. to these guys like, mm-hmm. like. You don't mess around with this little brother. Like you yeah. take him out, you squash him. Don't even think about like letting them have any life. Like they know, like they're gonna. It's different. Like if they had like Jimbo Fisher coaching them, you know what I mean? Like he hasn't yeah. played in that rivalry. Like Kirby Sports played in that rivalry four times. So is Mike Bobo. So has most of the other guys on that staff. Like yeah. they know this stuff. Like I just there's too many leaders in this group that are gonna look ahead. They yeah. take it one game at a time. Do you ever watch any post post game questions by Kirby Smart? Every time they'll ask him about like look ahead spots or anything, it's like we're focused on yeah Georgia Tech. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's no look ahead spots at all. So I I don't even think it's a look ahead spot. I do think Georgia Tech is going to give you their Super Bowl, and, and I think they're a solid squad this year. They did last year. They did last year too, and they lost by twenty three. So they're they have a head coach. Well, Brent Key was there last year. Was he? Yeah, because I thought he was. No, I'm. You sure? I'm pretty sure he. I got think he was fired. the in, he was the intern. He was the intern. Was he last year? Yeah, because they were going to hire. Yeah, uh, he the was. Guy, yeah, they were going to hire the guy from Tulane. Mm-hmm. For some reason, didn't. I guess. And guess, just guess, where, guess where Brent? Guess where Brent Key played college football? Where? Georgia Tech. Oh, see, no, listen. Those I mean, nerds. He was. He was, he was but he was a part of those teams. He was a part of those teams that beat you guys, like those uh, early '90s teams. Nice. Uh, one last thought here. Yep. <clears throat> is there? So we've seen Georgia now. Mm-hmm. Is there a team out there that realistically? Do maybe we have to wait till the Bama game to yeah. really say that there's a team out there that can compete when this team's on is mm-hmm. when has full attention is not sleepwalking. Yeah. When this team's on and is like ready to come at you at like eight yeah. plus game, like is there any team that is able to can match up with them? Look, not just I'm, like a first quarter punch. No, like I understand. Some of these teams are that. like for four quarters go at with like time yeah. or stride yeah. for stride. So there's there's three teams that are immediately coming to my mind who I think are the closest. <laughs> and the funny thing about this is, uh. These teams are not two and three. I really don't think Michigan and Ohio State would match up well against Georgia at all. I agree with that. However, I would really like to see how Washington, Oregon, and Texas match up. So, because I think of those three teams, I think those three teams have the most like talented offensive and defensive linemen who could keep a game close. Because I yeah. think Michigan and Ohio State are, you know, they're Big Ten. They just play Big Ten schools, but the second they play non-conference. 
they're gonna get blown. They're gonna get blown out. The Big Ten yep. is a fraud to me. That's a, I, I feel like it's a wild statement to say, but the Big Ten <laughs> is fake. I uh, so I agree with your Michigan one. Mm-hmm. I don't think Michigan has the offense. I don't believe in JJ McCarthy at all. I haven't yeah. ever believed in him. Mm-hmm. They just they're too one sided running the football. Yeah. Um, Ohio State. I think the weapons on the outside, as you saw from last year's game, are able to do what they want to do if they, yeah. you know, they're all healthy. But the quarterback play from Kyle McCord hasn't been there consistently for me to say like, okay, like he's a legitimate threat. Like CJ Stroud was one guy. Yep. You see what he's doing in the NFL right now. He's lighting yeah, up. He's, he's, he's going to win Rookie of the Year probably. He's he's in an MVP conversation as a rookie yeah. in the NFL. I mean, so, he's a great player. You know, Kyle McCord, like he just hasn't put up the same numbers and we're probably it's because we're spoiled to see all these Ohio State quarterbacks but yeah I do like the Washington's too one-sided for me I feel like there's is is, is I, I just there's something about Washington I think Washington Oregon, for some reason is always able to turn up a key when they're playing an opponent I don't get it doesn't make any sense I just think that Oregon or they play you know Oregon State all of a sudden they get this random thing in them yeah. where they can suddenly play defense and it's like weird but like I would like to see how they match up and you keep going, though. Sorry for cutting you off there. Oh, no, you're fine. I was just going to say, I just think Washington, if they get – I'm worried that, like – I wouldn't be worried, but I think that the Georgia secondary would match up fine against them. Yeah. I th- I believe in Kamari Lasseter and mm-hmm. Dalen Everett and Jalen Julian Humphreys and Malachi Starks and all of them. Like, yeah. Texas and Oregon are really the two for me because the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Last four teams that have beaten Georgia with it under Kirby Smart. Yeah just in this 28-game win streak going back, have all been either Heisman candidate quarterbacks mm-hmm. or just really start, like, Kyle yeah. Trask, Joe Burrow, Tua Tungvalu. No, not Tua. It was Bryce Young, Joe Burrow. Bryce um, Young. Bryce Kyle Young. Trask. Bryce Young, Kyle Trask, Joe Burrow, and Mac Jones. Yeah, so four NFL quarterbacks. Yeah, and not so – Not starting quarterbacks, but just NFL quarterbacks. You know what I mean? And there's, there's a difference. Heisman finalists or Heisman winners yeah. or Heisman finalists. So you yeah. have to play a hell of a ball game. You have to be mm-hmm. able to match, stretch the field, work well. Yeah. And I think Quinn Ewers and Bo Nix are really the two guys that scare me right now the most. Yeah. But Bo Nix, I mean, you know, you know, I, I'm. This is a weird thing to say, but I actually I'm getting a lot of like 20, uh, 18 Clemson vibes from that Texas team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're good, but they're quiet. They don't really make that much noise. They beat teams they're supposed to. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like. It's. I just feel like it's gonna be one of those things where if Texas gets into the playoff, they match up against you guys. All of a sudden, it's like holy crap, Texas is killing it. Yeah, we saw what they did to Alabama earlier this year. Yeah, we'll see if they can survive what is the Big Twelve cannibal site. Yeah, I I agree with you there, but I just want to say this right now: anybody who has Alabama ranked over Texas, to me, you're just an idiot. No, no, they have a clear head-to-head win by double digits at home against Alabama. Yeah, we'll uh, we can talk yeah. about that closer. I mean, that, those are crazy hypotheticals people are playing. It's like mm-hmm. Bama wins, wins out, wins the SEC. Texas yeah. wins out, wins the Big Twelve. Like there are people mm-hmm. that like are putting Bama ahead of Texas. It's like we're That's just, crazy to me. Do we what's just forget of, about head to head. Yeah, what's the point of that if it doesn't matter? Right. All right, we're gonna move on though, and we're gonna talk about Missouri surviving the Gators of Florida. Yeah. Where Florida, I thought played well. I watched the entire of the game. I had the, yeah. them on my iPad. 
I had the Oregon State game on the TV. You know, for a team that was 11.5-point underdogs, it played really well, I thought. Yeah. They, like, they, Graham Mertz played well. The run game was there. They rushed mm-hmm. for 261 yards on the ground. They averaged almost seven yards a carry. Forty. Yeah. They ran the ball 40 times. Um, had a 500 yards total offense. The defense, mm-hmm. while it wasn't great by no standard, they gave up 508 total yards. Yeah. Anything's better than what they did last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Montreal and Tre- Montreal Johnson and plus Trevor Etienne combined had 27 carries, 167 yards. Trevor Etienne yeah. had one touchdown. <coughs> Excuse me, but we'll talk about Missouri first. Missouri in their quest to be get to a New Year's Six game as well as double digit wins. Mm-hmm. You know, came out of the gates pretty slow, in my opinion. Like it was just a yeah. very they weren't playing Missouri as I thought they were going to play. Like the offense was fine. It just, the defense felt like just wasn't there. Yeah. But you know, they held their own kudos to them for forcing of forcing the field goal late that ended up in, you know, forcing two big time turnovers. One was a Mm -hmm. really big turnover. Florida was driving, looking like they were probably going to score and take the lead. And then they fumble and Missouri was able to capitalize on that, which Huge turn over there. And then actually that led to two plays later, a Theo Weiss touchdown, 77-yard touchdown. That was his only catch, too. <laughs> so you just can't have that happen. Inexcusable. <laughs> I tweeted about it. It's a, I just like was like inexcusable touch or touchdown yeah. to let up right there by Florida. Mm-hmm. Brady could. I, Go yeah. ahead. You can say what you were saying. I, I just want to ask you because this – I you know, this is just a – not to say – but Manny, Manny Diaz got fired at Miami because of 4th and 14 against Florida State. Yeah. Right. Will do you do you think giving up a first down on was it fourth and seventeen? It was fourth and seventeen. Do you think giving up that first down and losing that game the way it will had people who were on the fence about Billy Napier who have the power to fire him leaning towards this is not the guy. So I think that's an inexcusable defensive thing. For sure. So what really boggled me before that so they were playing. Let's go right when they had the ball. You know, while mm-hmm. they're milking the clock, kick the field, kick field goal. Yeah, Missouri has a timeout left. Trevor Etienne runs out of bounds for some inexplicable reason. Mm-hmm. Let's Missouri keep the timeout. No yeah. clocks running, so they only end up killing a couple seconds when they kick the field goal. Mm-hmm. So I was watching a clip. It was yeah. like, you know, if you make mm-hmm. them use the timeout there and run the next play and then kick a field yeah. goal, you kill. 40 to 42 seconds. That fourth down doesn't happen, but since it did happen. It, it, it's just, it's just Armstrong, funny to me that like. Florida's, Florida's DC, Arson Armstrong, had been like putting pressure on yeah. Missouri that drive, that final drive, and it was working. Like, about yeah. it backed up, fourth and 17. Just don't give up a first down or get a penalty. And they played prevent, like three man deep, and let Luther Burden just walk down the field. Nine catches for a buck fifty-eight. They just let him unguarded. They just walked right down the field and just turn around and catch it and get into field goal range. And you know, Melvis doesn't. Mevis Harrison Mevis doesn't need much. Kick a field mm-hmm. goal. I mean, kick the sixty-one yarder, and then just from there it was just like a. It was almost like a shock to the system. They ended up getting to like the twenty-yard line or something to kick a field goal. Yeah. Is it a fireable offense? No. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I do think that this scene, I, I, I don't, if this scene I, was like on simmer for mm-hmm. him, I think it's notched up to maybe like low heat. 
And yeah. we were talking about this right before we recorded. Whatever happens in this Florida State game, I think now that we have two backups mm-hmm. at your at home at night, if you get blown out, it's cranked up to about medium heat. Yeah. And then it really is now if you better lock down some recruits because you've already lost about four now in the last like two weeks. Yeah. And you better figure out something as well as play calling and special teams. Mm-hmm. And I need at least a couple more wins next year. Yeah. Which is kind of hard to you ask have for. To, you have to win eight games, in my opinion. Seven. I think seven. I, I know you're saying seven, but you could go six and six and win a bowl game. I think you have to win seven in the regular season. Seven in the regular season? Yeah. yeah, I thought so. Seven five is really my seven to five was what I was thinking. That's your minimum to me at this point because there's no way. Because you know, I'm I think Florida fans are realistic, right? Oh, yes, trust program. me. I, I no. talked to a whole bunch, <laughs> no, but like the vast majority, if you talk to a lot of them, they, they understand that this is a rebuild, they understand that, like, hey, we're not where we want to be, but a lot know, of maybe. them are a lot of them are actually, I think, are pissed actually about this game yes no just but in think, general and this I, is but, almost starting to become like a yeah boiling point i but i think upstairs there's people yeah who you know in the booster who are ridiculous on their expectations oh yeah for sure you know what i mean because dan mullen had one bad season he was out the door lazy recruiting but one really but bad in the season modern, and that, they got it rid of him. in the but to me, in the modern age of recruiting, if you can just get guys in the transfer portal, it's okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I I think that his seat is a lot warmer than most people think. Just because I think if they get blown out to Florida State, right, they turn around and they lose to Miami in eight months from now, he's gone. He's gone before you the season even starts. Fire or mid-season, like a- in yeah, I think that I think they fire him like a game or two in the SEC play, so they can get ahead of everybody else and finding a new coach. So, I think that because they play, they, they I think that if I I don't know if their full schedule has come out, but I know they play Miami, UCF, and Texas. Yeah, I mean, they have Miami, UCF, Texas, LSU, Tennessee, Georgia. Like they got a they got a Florida oh, State. It's a brutal schedule. Yeah. And you have a really young team, a lot mm-hmm. of freshmen are playing. Yeah. And but, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to be met, but there's a decent chance that they are, they're, they're going to be favored to lose in most of the games they'll play next year, I think. Oh, for sure. There's no because, doubt about that. Because I, th- I think Miami game, they'll probably be underdogs. I think UCF. They'll be a games, slight favorite. As, in as, that game. as crazy as it sounds, in twenty twenty three, I think UCF might be a slight favorite. Just because they'll be a slight favorites in those games. I think. I only think UCF might just be because they're UCF, at home. UCF will have more returning production. I think. But it's at home. home. They'll yeah. be a favorite. Is they'll the be, game at home? Be a, yeah, they get them all at home. How do they swindle that? Because they're Florida and they get to do that, and they'll be all night games. So. But <laughs> finish it up here with Napier. I okay. just think that um, he's, like I said, he's got to be able to lock down these recruits. He's losing a couple, mm-hmm. which is yeah. not always good, especially when you're losing. Mm-hmm. He need, They got one more game to try to get to a bowl game. And yeah. They could play absolute mm-hmm. spoiler and crush a season as if it needed any more crushing to Florida State fans and to the team. 
Yeah. And just go to a bowl game. And that would be huge for the team. I think Florida has shown fight the last couple of weeks, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not, they're playing solid ball clubs and they're, they're not, you know, they're not backing down, no pun intended, but yeah, even the LSU game, it didn't end the way they wanted to, but you know, they hung around in that game. You hang around to the very end of this game, the one you should have won. So they'll get one more shot. I think they're like a six and a half point underdog right now going into this weekend. I think so. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I have more faith in Florida. I don't even think they're going to win this weekend, but I have more faith than most fans do here in Gainesville, mm-hmm. which is surprising considering I'm not the biggest fan of Florida, but I'm going to yeah. speak the way I do. I'm going to speak truthfully about any team. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, I think they have a legit shot to win this weekend, but they're going to have to play their best game of the yeah. year. So, we'll see if that happens. But that'll be a great game to talk about for the um, preview. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that next episode. We're going to move on real quick and knock out a couple more games here before we got to get to talk about some other impressing matters. Yeah. We're going to start with Auburn, or continue on here with Auburn. Sorry, my chair is there. Kind of. Auburn got splattered at home by, you're reading it right if you're watching on YouTube. New Mexico State, um, yeah. 31 to 10. Not good. Just a couple <laughs> quick things here. Auburn paid New Mexico State a $1.85 million mm-hmm. to come in, come to Jordan Hare and splatter them. Yep. Uh, New Mexico State outgained them in total yards, 414 yards. Mm-hmm. 23 first downs to 12 first downs. 38 yep. minutes and 50 seconds worth of time of possession. All true. <clears throat> Are you kidding me? New Mexico State did that mm-hmm. as 25 and a half point underdogs. Yeah, because I had New Mexico State in the points. I didn't think they were going to win, but that's the point. I mean, just an utter brutal loss in the first year for Hugh Freeze for a team that's going to a bowl game. Humiliating loss. Auburn's going to a bowl game, which is Mm -hmm. crazy, but they are. But now this just sets up. Somebody tweeted, I forget who it was, but they said, I've seen this story before where Auburn gets blown out, Mm -hmm. Bama. Wins in just an impressive fashion against Chattanooga. Yeah. I know it was Chattanooga. Don't listen. Don't disrespect the mocks like that. But yeah, Chattanooga. And now Saban and the gang got to go to this house of horrors down in Jordan Hare where the voodoo magic of some sort is present it's real. when he comes. It's real. It, it's real when anybody goes there. I swear. It's it, That's why like, I, it's the scariest place as a Georgia fan. When Georgia mm-hmm. goes to Jordan Hare, I get scared to death and I – Dude, they almost got this, this year, dude. Yeah. Every like, year, every time you go there, it's down to the wire. Mm-hmm. But now you got Auburn coming off the most brutal loss in program history, one of the most brutal yeah. losses. Bama I think comes rolling in with everything to play for. And how mm-hmm. funny would it be is Auburn is a 14.5-point underdog right now, I believe, yep. to just spoil the party and just pull off one of the more improbable upsets in college football. I would back up a little bit on improbable. I, I I would actually number one. Auburn is uh Auburn is gonna cover that spread. Right? Like like you know what I mean? Like there's no way Alabama wins by 14 points to me. That's ridiculous. 14 and a half. Come on. Actually it's dropped. It looks like it's, it's dropped to ten and a half. Dropped to ten and a half. Did it really? 
I'm checking it right now. Hold on one second. <clears throat> Nonetheless, though, if, you know, Saban, this would be the worst thing that he's wanted because yeah. now he's got to get his team refocused. Mm-hmm. And he know he hates doing that. You know, yeah. now Bama fans, you know, completely probably thinking like overlooking this. This is a great look ahead spot because now you got the game of the year, possibly in Georgia, mm-hmm. and Alabama. Yep. And smothered in between is the Iron Bowl. We're just, and Jordan Hare, Auburn. <laughs> has nothing to play for except to ruin your season. Kind of like Florida this weekend. Yeah. Why not? Watch them just do out and just make this a ball game. I'm thinking this could possibly be a game kind of like the Georgia game where they just mm-hmm. keep it close. They keep just hanging around, hanging around, and then Bama's able to pull ahead late. But I would yeah. not be surprised if this is a game. We're going to move on. I, I, I think I think Auburn's kind of going to do what they did against Georgia, and they're going to swap out quarterbacks too. Which to me is the dumbest thing I've ever seen, but for some reason it just gets coaches who are good a little bit confused on what's going on. Yeah. All right, we're gonna move on. Yep. Louisville clinches an ACC title bid with win over yeah. Miami this weekend. They will take on Florida State in a couple of weeks in Charlotte for the ACC crown. Louisville, nice win. Uh, yep. What a season! First year for uh, Jeff Brom. For Jeff Brom, they are mm-hmm. now ten and one. Yep. Louisville will be a top – they were ranked 11th? 10th. 10th. So they'll stay in the top 10, obviously. I look yep. for them to probably hop to 9 past yeah. Missouri. I think Missouri and them will flip-flop more li- mm-hmm. more other li- more likely than 9. It was the first year – it was weird. Every team in the top 10 won this week. Talk about yep. chalk. That's chalk. And – but listen, Louisville played well. They've got mm-hmm. they they weren't really able to run the ball as effectively as they wanted to probably in the second half as they did in the first half. But Jack yeah. Plummer played well enough. Miami, listen, Miami's probably one of the better teams at six and five. The old mm-hmm. saying like "you are what your record says you are" like is not true. It's not Miami, true for college football. Miami is a solid ball club from mm-hmm. a staff. They're a younger team as well, but from you know these guys are going to be a lot better. I think next year. Look for Miami to be like an eight to nine win team next year. As crazy yeah. as I say that, like, because Miami fans have crazy expectations, but I think that Chris Ball has this team where he wants it. Just a couple tough losses this year, even this game. Like, this was a back and forth game, but just a couple bad plays here and there. Just were deep. The offense just kind of mm-hmm. stalled, and Louisville was able to kind of take over. Tyler Van Dyke, I thought, played well, well enough to win the game. But you know, just the offense stalled at the end, and that really yeah. ended up being the difference maker. So, but listen, Louisville, I they are, I I think they might have give Florida State a run for their money, especially now that Travis is out. You got to think. I, I don't know. Well, listen, you saw what Notre Dame Notre Dame at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, Louisville has showed though because that they could play physically outman you. Yeah, and that they have some guys behind a, a really good transfer quarterback, Jack Plummer. Like they got mm-hmm. a good quarterback and good enough weapons to keep you honest and yeah. beat you in different ways. So I'm look for this to be. That's gonna be. It, it's a whole different ball game now. Travis is out. Yeah, I think it's gonna be closer, but I, I still think with <clears throat> Tate Tate Rodemaker is probably one of the most experienced backups in college football. He's now three years in under the same coaching staff that brought him in. 
He's been the backup every single year. He actually beat Louisville yesterday, last year at home. Oh, yeah. Louisville. Different coaching staff, but, you know, most of the players are the same at Louisville. They didn't have that big of a transfer overall, uh, overhaul, I mean, mm-hmm. especially on the defensive side. But um, they do have problems in the past when it comes to Louisville. They do tend up to get, they do tend to give up quite a few passing yards. I mean, gave up three thirty to Tyler Van Dyke last week or just the other day. Yeah, they do have problems, but I still think they're they're a top ten squad for sure. And I agree with you that this is going to be a close game. I think Florida State Louisville will be close, but I think we'll get a good indication of what to expect maybe from Rodemaker after mm-hmm. the Florida game because yeah. there's nothing worse than making really your first official start in the swamp at night. One of the mm-hmm. still one of the, as bad as Florida can be, it's still yeah. it's a sold out crowd, regardless mm-hmm. of how many Florida State fans, how many Florida fans are there. It's going to be a yeah. raucous, rocking environment, and I'll be able to report that live. Yeah. So keep up with the tweets. Ha- follow me on Twitter or X, uh, Hunter DeLauder. Uh, keep up the tweets there. But, you know, we're going to get an indication of what he's about after this game, whether or not they win or lose. And that's going to be a lot going into conference championship week against the Louisville. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on real quick to now Michigan outlasting Maryland. <laughs> boy, oh boy, did I want the Terps to win. I was looking for – I just was not looking – I was looking for <laughs> one upset this weekend. That wasn't – Yeah. And I really thought Maryland was going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, came out and got just punched right in the mouth. 23-3, yeah. they're down. They score late in the first half. They score right there to start the second half. It's 23-17. They get the ball back. And then Talia Tungavailoa throws a really bad pick. Michigan scored a, a field yeah. goal. Got another field goal. Got bailed out by an intentional grounding call that was a tiki-tack one. Mm-hmm. And Tungavailoa was in the end zone at the time of that, so it was a safety. And so Maryland, who did score to cut the lead to, what was it? Uh, it was 29-24 at the time. So, yeah, they cut it to five. Yeah. Just had their chances. Just like Oregon State did. They had chances to take the lead, and just for some reason, the offense stalled. They were – they just weren't able. They were getting pinned back after they would force a punt. They were getting mm-hmm. pinned back inside their like own like twenty five. Just yeah. weren't able to do much after they scored, and it was just weird. It's like every time Michigan was giving you a chance to beat them, Michigan's defense played well, but like the offense just wasn't doing anything. So credit to Michigan. JJ McCarthy, another lackluster day though. Twelve of twenty three, a buck forty one. He threw one interception. He probably should have thrown about three. There were. At least yeah. two that went right through people's hands. I'm just not a believer in the guy. I mean, Michigan, I don't believe in him either. I think he's bad. Just straight up, I don't think he's good. I think Michigan's run game is hiding him, and Michigan's mm-hmm. run game against a not very good Maryland defense only ran rushed about 45 times for only 150 yards. They only averaged 3.3 yards a carry. Just not good. It was mm-hmm. a very and we could call it. A, I I thought maybe it could be like a look ahead spot. Going to Maryland right before Ohio State, nothing, especially all the off the field issues. But yeah. still, like you're expected to to play better than that, and mm-hmm. that's I'm just that's why. Like after watching that, like I'm like, how did I, Ohio State? I really think they could go in and win this. Especially, I I would like McCord as bad, but not as bad. So. I think as serviceable as McCord's been, 
I think it's been a lot better than what McCarthy's been. I think they're hiding yeah. McCarthy. They, he hasn't had to do anything. Look at the schedule they've played. Even against they Penn State, he threw the ball eight times. That's the best game they've played against. I, I, don't think, I don't think he's a very good quarterback at all. In my I mean, opinion. outside I the Ohio State game, he knew all the plays. So he's, yeah. I mean, they were cheated. So he knew all the plays, knew Ohio State's defense. Yeah. TCU, they weren't allowed to cheat because, you know, TCU was prepared for the cheating. Mm-hmm. And we saw JJ McCarthy literally single handedly give the game to TCU with two big yeah. sixes. So, yeah, overhyped. He just, he, I think they're hiding him. If I'm going to be blunt with it, I think they've been mm-hmm. hi- they've been hiding him, especially covering him up with that schedule. They have a joke that they've been playing. Yeah. People are going to get on Georgia about their schedule. Michigan's schedule is just comical. A joke. Yeah. The best game they played is Penn State, and Penn State just got by Rutgers enough yesterday. Mm-hmm. I so, think Penn State eventually falls out of the top ten too. If they're not oh, already out, they're they're already out, and they're not yeah, going to sniff back. it back. No. Yeah. So. <laughs> Drew Rowler, I think, got banged up to the other day. So, mm-hmm. but Michigan is a flawed team. I think their running game's still good enough, but their defense yeah. is what's going to have to carry them. I think in this Ohio State game. Otherwise, I think Ohio State's going to go in there and beat them. So, yeah, because Ohio State can match up physically as they've yeah. showed this year, mm-hmm. and I think they've got something to prove. We'll get off about that next episode, but I I yeah. like Ohio State's chances. Me too. Right. I just want to finish in- up your one thing. I'm very tired of people saying Florida State has a bad schedule, and then they turn around and don't say anything about Michigan's schedule. Because Why is they nobody? Play, they play nobodies, and then they struggle without a conference FCS schools at home. Like, it's ridiculous yeah. at this point. Like, what Florida's, are we doing? Yeah, well, they want to get on Florida State and Georgia's schedule. But it's like – Yeah, it's like, it's like, what are we supposed to do? We schedule tough non-conference, and then Georgia, there's, there's no bad – Sorry like, that Georgia's there. average margin of victory over ranked teams mm-hmm. right now is 24 points. Sorry. Okay. Like, you know, they just handle FSU's, It's not FSU's fault. They schedule the number five team in the country, LSU, and then LSU just decides to not play defense that year. Could we say like, that it's, it's either? I mean, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. teams, there's just better teams in the. Even just Whatever. the first four games of the year was East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and mm-hmm. freaking, I think, who am I missing? There was some other joke of a team. So, like, just. McCarthy's a fraud. Sorry. He's not. I'm not sorry. He's a fraud, and he's going to mm-hmm. get exposed this weekend. We're moving on. Playoff rankings predictions. Number four. These are coming out Tuesday yep. night. Usually, mm-hmm. we record on Tuesday nights, so we just talk about the playoff reactions from the yeah. latest rankings, but we were recording Monday night. So, we're going to give our playoff predictions. So, I have – we're going to give us our top six. I'm going to go mm-hmm. – the first two out, I'm going to go number six, Oregon. Number mm-hmm. five, FSU. Mm-hmm. And number so my top four will then be Georgia, number one, number two is Ohio State, number three, mm-hmm. Michigan, number four, Washington. My reasons mm-hmm. why mainly the swap is because Washington now has ranked wins over Arizona, Oregon State, Oregon. Yeah. Um, I expect maybe UCLA to sneak into the top 25 if they are not even already. So. so, yeah, they probably will. Already three solid victories, Utah. Who mm-hmm. got their doors blown in this weekend by Arizona? How about the Jetfish? Eight and three. Let's give it up for Arizona. So Arizona's shout out Arizona. Shout out Arizona, whose win total this year, their over-under win total, I think was four and a half. So mm-hmm. shout out yep. Arizona. That's why I have the jump. I just think yeah. just the ranked wins, the better it's a better strength, better resume right now to this point. Mm-hmm. But if Florida State, if they win out. 
the people that are we'll talk about this in hockey yeah. questions. I got a question, but like mm-hmm. people that think Florida State, there's people out there like legit people like in the media that think that mm-hmm. even if they go undefeated, they're not going to make it. I, yeah, we we can get into that, but <sighs> bothers me right there. I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I'm I'm just gonna say I have the exact same rankings as you, and okay, I heard all your reasons. I I I think the committee and us agree that the injury should not matter for the rankings. We're not predicting games. We're going off of what happened, right? Where the teams are right now. And right now, Washington does have the better resume than Florida State does. Yeah. I think you can make the argument that every team in the top 10 has a better resume than Michigan, but, you know, that's here here and there. Here or there, you know, let's just – we'll ignore that for now. That's why you know, I think that- – Whatever. That's why I think if Ohio mm-hmm. State beats Michigan, Michigan, there's yeah. no shot. There's even no way Michigan is There's not going to be a situation from like last mm-hmm. year. No shot. Yeah, no, I don't think so at all. Their best win is against a Penn State team. That's best win is Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, you're gone. Yeah, no, they're you're gone. That's, yeah, no, that's Stay terrible. <laughs> but I think I, can, I mean we'll go into. I can see the questions right here. The hot questions. But um, if we just want to transition straight into this first one about Travis. Yeah. Um, so the question is, what does the Jordan Travis injury mean for Florida State's future? Mm-hmm. Continue your thought. Um, To me, it just – you've got to keep on schedule, right, to keep the guys motivated. Because right now, to me, and I think you agree with me here, there is no conversation where an undefeated Power 5 team that has scheduled t- tough non-conference teams gets – skipped out for a one-loss team. That just – that would never happen to me in a million years. I don't care if Texas or, you know, I don't care if Texas is a one-loss Power 5 champ, right? Yeah. They're not getting in over Florida State to me. So, I can – the only thing I see Mm -hmm. that would somewhat defend what they're saying – I'm not taking Mm – I still think, like, if they're undefeated, they prove that they can go in. Mm -hmm. That's – you're fine. The only argument I could see is that you know, you can use the 2014 Ohio State example when they were out yeah. of a third string quarterback, but I could see the argument where you know you don't is without Jordan Travis, or can we legitimately say that Florida State is a one of the four best teams in the country, regardless? Yeah, is because Jordan Travis is like the engine that runs this machine yeah. that they are so. Mm-hmm. Do we think that – is Tate Rodemaker good enough, let's say, to go yeah. toe-to-toe with Carson Beck or Bo Nix mm-hmm. or Kyle McCord in that offense in Ohio yeah. State or, mm-hmm. I don't know, Washington, like Michael Penix? Like, yeah. is is he able to do that, or are we setting mm-hmm. ourselves up for failure and watching them just run themselves into a buzzsaw from any yeah. team? You know, you know what I mean? You can kind of see that one point, but I – can, I can see the argument. My problem with the argument is just the fact that, like, I think that would if be injuries, more... if, if injuries are part of football, right? Yeah. Jordan Travis is one guy on a team that has 22 starters at a time. Yeah. He is the best player on that team, right? Yes. But he is not the only player on that team. If we're being honest with ourselves, he's not the most talented player on that team. There's a no. lot of guys who are going to be higher drafted picks than he is. But he's just the guy that runs mm-hmm. it. He's been the heart and yeah. soul of that team. He's been there through the very lows and now the up really highs. Yeah, so I think I think to me, obviously, these next few games mean the world because I think if they they beat Florida handily and then they beat 
beat Louisville by to me it doesn't even matter because Louisville will be a top ten team. But I still think so. I think the people that are saying like you know the undefeated crowd, like I think what they really would like or really more maybe thinking about is say Florida State loses this week to Florida but wins the yeah. ACC. That's mm-hmm. where I say, like, I don't think they have enough. Yeah, I don't think they have enough. They're not going to have enough regardless of if they win mm-hmm. the conference. They're going to go to the yeah. Orange Bowl probably because that's yeah. like it's the highest ACC team. They'll go to yeah, the Orange probably, Bowl. They'll probably play, like, Michigan. They'll right. play the, They'll play in the Orange Bowl. They'll get a good mm-hmm. New Year's Six game, New Year's Six Bowl, win the ACC first time in, since 2014. They'll probably play, actually, let's be honest with you. They'll probably play either Alabama or Missouri. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, that's you're going to get a really good bowl game. But that's the mm-hmm. crowd. That, that's, the, that's if you're saying – they're going to lose to Florida and win yeah. the ACC. Now, mm-hmm. they could very much well lose their next two games. And it's just, you really feel like, wow, Jordan Travis was that meant that much to this yeah. team. I still think they have enough weapons to beat Florida. I do too. Now, Louisville and, game scares me. But, but here's my thing a couple, there's just a couple little things about it. You know, Tate Rodemaker is a player who a lot of people don't know much about, right? And just because, you know, I am a Florida State fan, I can give people insight, a couple things about him. This is this should be his moment. He was the first player who Mike Norvell gave a scholarship to as head coach of Florida State. Yes. He was the first player to commit to Florida State under Mike Norvell's first class. He has sat there behind Jordan Travis every single year. Mm -hmm. He has not transferred. He's not entered the portal. He has been the guy behind him. And to me, he's earned this moment. I think he'll go out and play big because I think he's really talented. Yeah. If you watch him play, he doesn't he's not Jordan Travis. That's not his style of play. I would compare him more to a, you know, Justin Herbert-esque player, right? Where he's tall, he's skinny, and he's a cannon for an arm. He's got mobility, but he's not fast, if you know you get what yeah. I'm saying. But he's got a cannon on an arm. So it's just his problem his problem for his first year at Florida State was he had a turnover problem. Yeah. He played like one game against. He played like a little bit against Florida in twenty twenty one, I think. And the the Florida State lost twenty four twenty one that year. But uh he's he's played in the swamp before. You know what I mean? This is this yeah. is a guy who has compared to both quarterbacks. You know what I mean? He has had experience. He's played in big environments. You know, I think I think he can go out there and win these games. Could he win a playoff game? You know, we'll see. But these next two games, I think he has it. So I was looking at so according to FanDuel, mm-hmm. uh, this week they're six and a half point favorites. Going yeah. right now, the current line for Louisville, it, they're mm-hmm. a five and a half point favorite. So Vegas still yeah. sees them as a mm-hmm. just so underneath a touchdown favorite. Yeah, I think like what you well, were saying we have, is, to, we have to see what happens with Louisville. Well, I know, so like, that's what I think. Well, yeah, so like that's just currently right now. Like mm-hmm. you're all <laughs> that's just the current line, projected line. Yeah, not the projected line. Like you can go bet that right now on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what like we're both more intrigued about is how we can properly think set or like put our uh, I don't know how you say it, like adjust Florida State's like our mindset towards them is really what yeah. we're gonna have to after watching them against Florida because regardless mm-hmm. of where how Florida is, yeah, there it's still a hostile crowd. This mm-hmm. is gonna be a more hostile crowd that he'll see in the ACC title game. I'm going to tell you that yeah. right now. Like, at under the lights, like, it's going to be something. I expect him to play well. Yeah. But does – is there? it'll be more of, like, either A, he just 
nothing bothers it and he nothing bothers mm-hmm. him and he just goes out and rolls or b gets a little gun shy maybe like first yeah. start just isn't maybe properly right for this and he struggles we're gonna mm-hmm. see if he struggles at all in a close game i think yeah. if you're florida state though you need to leave no doubt no mm-hmm. doubt like especially with the committee how like up and down they are yeah like you want to leave no doubt in their mind. Like, Rodemaker's fine. We didn't, you mm-hmm. don't skip a beat. We're fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, I agree to with, you there. with FSU. We're going to move on, though, to our next question. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, Dylan, after week 12, who is your Heisman top three? Okay, good one. So, I got my number one is Jaden Daniels. Okay. I think right now he should be the favorite. I know there's conversations with him, Bo Nix, because Bo Nix team is a lot better in general but i think right now it should be jane daniels number one number two bo Nix. yes and number three just barely squeaking it there anymore is michael Penix jr i think he'll fall out eventually either this week against washington state or against oregon later i think he'll eventually just fall out of the top three yep but um right now he's my number three so i have jane daniels at one mm-hmm. i think you they need to you need to remember as the heisman candidate people are archaic and yeah. they're kind of like the Baseball Hall of Fame people. But they mm-hmm. need to remember that you are, again, like I said a little bit ago, like yeah. you're saying like you are what your record says you are is it's, not, it's true. not true. The the award goes to the overall best player, not based off team record. Jane Daniels yeah. had over 600 yards, I believe, again, of total mm-hmm. offense, or at least 500. Like, again, regardless who they play, they play Georgia State. I know that. But regardless, like doing his thing. He should be number one. Bo mm-hmm. Nix, two. Only because Bo Nix, as good as he's played, is hasn't played a down game at all this year. The only reason why I yeah. don't really have him as my favorite, the only game that really mattered this year, he wasn't the best quarterback on the field. That was yeah. Michael Penix. Michael Penix was the best player on that field, that quarterback on that mm-hmm. field that day, regardless yeah. of how good Bo Nix played. Bo Nix is mm-hmm. better right now than where Penix is, but on the field yeah. that day, Penix was better. And that's why I just think that that's keeping Nick's down for me. <clears throat> Currently, it's Pen- Penix, like you said. But Carson yeah. Beck's probably, like, right there for me. Mm-hmm. I think if Carson Beck goes out and throws for 300 again this yeah. week and then goes out and turns around and plays, does what he's doing against Bama, he's mm-hmm. a Heisman finalist. They take four. I think he's. it's going to be all four quarterbacks. I think it's going to be four quarterbacks again. Yeah. I think I expect Beck to come back next year, and Beck, Beck and Ewers should probably be the Heisman fan finalist. Or, Heisman front runners going into next year. Yeah, I, but, I would agree. The front runner, you never know when the season really gets into it. But correct. I, I agree with you. I think they should be the front runners. Um, obviously, we don't. We're not right now actively. That's a that's for the show later this year. There you go. But um, you there know, we're not actively saying who we think is going to be next year. But um, I agree with what you said there. For sure. All right, we're moving on. Ewers might be, might be that guy next year. You never know. Who's more likely to be out first, Jim Harbaugh, with all the off off the field's crap, the scandal, cheating, yeah, and, you know all that fun stuff, <laughs> or Lincoln Riley? So I think Jim Harbaugh, personally, because I think teams really want Jim Harbaugh right now. There's a lot of you know NFL teams that really want him right now who could pay to get him. Mm-hmm. He's in a legal and you know possible sanction problem with Michigan and his buyout isn't that crazy. Like so I don't even him, think he'll his get buyout's not out. even 
I, his bio's not that crazy. I think he wouldn't even need to fought out. I think he'll just he could just leave if yeah. the opportunity comes. I but think if, it's if another if another team were you know school, you never know. Maybe that team yeah. college station, but <laughs> um, they could do it. By the way, they if they wanted to, they so have the money to do that. But um, I think I think if we're being honest here, if an NFL team like the Bears or the Colts knocks at his door in four weeks, five weeks, uh, five weeks, um, I think he would bounce. He was interviewing for the Vikings job last year and signing. Yeah. Yeah. I say, so I'm going to go Lincoln Riley. And the only reason I is because I feel like as soon as like head coaching or like a OC job pops up in the NFL, Mm -hmm. Riley, I don't see why he wouldn't consider it. He has done a horrific job this year. Yeah. Why not do if you honestly, he should just go back to being a full time OC. Where you don't have to rely on worrying about what the defense does, you just rely on scoring points, and you're good at that. You're not good at coaching defense, or mm-hmm. you're not good at getting DCs. You're not good at having yeah. any good defenses ever. You've rode on the coattails of Heisman winning quarterbacks. Yeah, you haven't done anything in your career. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, but if we're strictly looking at this year, mm-hmm. you had a Heisman winning quarterback, and you are seven and five to finish the year. Yeah. You fought. You put all the blame towards Grinch. Mm-hmm. You fire him, and the de- yep. off the defense looks the same. It looks the same. And so I'm going to take. So Lincoln Riley would be out for me. I think his seats turned up. He's not winning recruiting battles right now in mm-hmm. California. He's losing those. He's. It's just bad. It's bad. And now Caleb Williams is going to be gone. Defense is still atrocious. Yep. Riley is would be out for me before Harbaugh is. So the only reason I disagree with that is because I don't think USC would pay because he's getting paid a lot of money right now. And for him to leave his job at USC is to take a pay downgrade at um, another job. Because, you know, I think I think last I looked, he's making north of $10 million a year. And the average NFL coordinator makes a little over $4 million a year. So that's such a steep drop in pay. I don't think he would take that. Not even like that. I don't think he, sh- you know, I'm not saying whatever, but I'm just saying I don't think him personally would take that much of a pay downgrade. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I disagree with you because I don't think they fire him any reason. And I don't think any NFL team wants him as their head coach right now either. Because no. I think I think right now he's, he's just not in a good situation. He's got to so, do something to overhaul mm-hmm. that, that, that yeah. defense. Mm-hmm. Bring in a D.C. and do what Sanders did and just get – get rid of a bunch of guys like they got to overhaul yeah. that they just now, lost a commit i know mm-hmm. the other day and so what you don't want is what you start losing recruits and yeah. you start having guys that are committed and then on decommit and then you have a bunch of transfers like you don't want that that's when the the, the program starts when you know the program has turned their back on you mm-hmm. you don't want that so he's got to figure something out fast because otherwise yeah his this little little joyride honeymoon that USC has had is mm-hmm. not going to be lasting much longer. Yeah, I will say I don't think he gets fired anytime soon, just because his salary is like crazy. Now, and I and I'm also USC is a school that has money to burn. So counter that with you're mm-hmm. going to the Big Ten next year. Yeah, where you have to play Ohio State, the Michigans, mm-hmm. 
the Oregons, the Washingtons, the Iowas, Wisconsin's, teams that are much more physical than you. Penn State. Yeah. That that defense, what am, what am I supposed to be? If I'm Penn State, I'm ecstatic to play USC next year. Yeah. I mean, UCLA just bullied them this weekend. Bullied them and just blew them out. Chip Kelly was going to get fired. He's probably not going to get fired now. They, they were going to hit him on the chopping block. They were yeah. going to pull his play. If you ever watch Chopped, you know, if you're the one out, like they got the plate over you, like they're going to pull you up. And you're like, oh, you've been chopped. Like they had Chip Kelly's, you know, head right there on the chopping block, and they were going to pull it up. And now he's he's fine. He's fine. So that's that's Riley for me. I know you don't agree, but looking so into next I, year, I, it, I just, it, it feels like regardless, they won't buy him out right now. He's not going to get mm-hmm. fired right now. Yeah, but I'm just saying. It's. It feels like it's only going to get worse from here for him, especially mm-hmm. now that they're going to a conference where they're going to get physically outclassed. Yeah. Right now. So, and, and <laughs> I mean, this year he's struggled against Notre Dame, Utah, mm-hmm. UCLA, Washington. You know, it just it's yeah. been bad. It's been bad. So, I just I just think so. You know, even when they're going into the Big Ten, they're going to be as as crazy as it says. People don't talk about it enough. USC is absolutely going to be the richest school in the Big Ten, only because there's going to be well, money the, can only get you so far. I mean, look at Texas. I, I, I agree with you, but to counter that, they're going to be able to hire people, right? If if, Just, if they really want to go out there and make a big difference, they could hire Manny Diaz from Penn State and outpay whatever they want. Does Penn Manny State Diaz want to deal with, with that? Have an overhaul that entire roster? And I think if he gave him $8 million people, a year, he would. We'll see. I mean, he has a pretty sweet job right now at Penn State where he's doing just fine mm-hmm. on his side of the ball. Yeah. No, I agree with you there, but I think any coach would leave for the right check. Would, a Penn, would you rather have your either the most brilliant offensive mind or the best defensive mind? Would you rather be mm-hmm. a defensive mind going to USC, fill that yeah. D.C. job, or mm-hmm. an o- fill up that Penn State O.C. job? I would take the USC job <sighs> only for one job. reason. Only take for one Penn reason. Yeah. One reason. One reason only. <laughs> Long term, I think you have better job security in Southern California than Penn State. I I, I would disagree. I think that yeah. you have a championship caliber caliber defense for Penn State yeah. on mm-hmm. one side of the ball. You have a quarterback that's a freshman this year. He says a lot to you know continue. Yeah work on and grow on mm-hmm. you're probably like a receiver or two that you can probably pick up in the portal yeah away from being legit like contending like they that though that defense was good enough to win against ohio state and michigan this year the offense yeah. let them down you're a solid oc pickup away <laughs> from really turning that ship around and really being where they want to be so i would be the much rather be the oc spot yeah, but that's a great question for another time. We're gonna go on. I to will our say, final yeah. I, I will, will say just to add up real quick, it does look like Manny Diaz has been looking at other defensive coordinator jobs. <laughs> I don't know why. I would stay where he is. I probably doesn't like working with James Franklin. Well, I think he'll be around for next year. And I also think it's harder to recruit at Penn State than like another school. You know what I mean? Like a school in the South or a school like you know. Literally anywhere but the Northeast Corridor. I think that's the hardest spot in the country to recruit. Only because you get, like, there's not that many athletes. 
most kids don't really like the cold, and the kids who do like the cold are going for like the Midwest teams of Michigan, Ohio State. That's why Notre Dame struggles at recruiting. Penn State struggles. Struggles, as I mean, is they don't land top 10 classes. They're only finishing in the top 15 at best. And when they land a five-star product, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. All right. Like, how much talk have been talking about Drew Aller? Like, it, they've been talking about, like, <laughs> his next world if he was the second-ranked quarterback in that class. All right, final question. Mm-hmm. And this is more of just a slight preview towards next episode where we're talking about yep. our game previews. Um, should Michigan be worried? Or we're just quick answer on mm-hmm. a scale of about one to ten, maybe decimal yeah. point in between. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. How concerned should Michigan be about Ohio State this week? Ten. No ten, question. Ten, like death content, like yeah, down the alarms. Because mm-hmm. I think if you lose this game, your season is done. Oh, you have sure. zero chance at doing this. You will end up in a situation that we're calling um. Jim Harbaugh every year before the pandemic, <laughs> where you're good, you're decent, you play Ohio State, you lose, you then you lose your bowl game. Uh, and, and that's just a bad situation to be in because I just I don't think they're as good on offense, even close. Like if we're being honest here, Kyle McCord's not a good quarterback, but compared to JJ McCarthy, he looks quite a bit better. And their defense at times has just not played great. Like it's weird is at times they look like the best defense in the history. They don't of look sport. as concerned. They just don't look mm-hmm. like entertained, like what they're doing. They're like playing with their yeah. food in a sense. Mm-hmm. They give up weird long drives. They get let quarterbacks and offenses hang in games for way too long. I think that yeah. has more to do with their offense not being able to do anything ever than really problems with their defense. But when you play a team like Ohio State that has more weapons than anything you faced all year. Not even close. Yeah. Like, they're not even in the same universe, right? Ohio mm-hmm. State is far and away the best team you play. The only team you play that has even above average talent on offense. If we're being like, if we're being, you know, a lot of the teams you play in the Big Ten are the most average offenses on the planet. Yeah. Like that's a conference known for poor offenses and good defenses. So yeah. you're gonna play one with a good offense and a good defense. And my, in my opinion, you should be absolutely terrified of what they could do to you, especially since you don't have a head coach. And their interim head coach right now has not shown me anything that he could really coach a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they beat Penn State, but so does, you know, they do that every year. <laughs> yeah, the very concerned play calling or conservative play calling is what they yeah. are. Um, I'm going to say a, an 8.8. Because I think that's fair, that, yeah. you know, <clears throat> they should be very concerned. Like, I think Ohio State – I would give Ohio State, even as a three-and-a-half-point underdog right now, yeah. the, I would give them the favorite, slight favorite to win. You get it at home. Maybe they were just looking ahead from the Maryland game. But I, I just haven't seen enough from J.J. McCarthy to be like, oh, wow, like, like he's going to be a guy that's going to take care of this. But – Mm-hmm. The defense has played well enough. If the secondary plays well enough to keep them in games, limit other past teams from doing anything, I think the run game's solid enough. The will they'll keep keep on just chugging along if they ever just want to rely to that. But yeah. yeah, they should be very concerned about Ohio State and those weapons on the outside. I think Kyle McCord, we've seen him even in games where he hasn't lit it up. You know, the Notre mm-hmm. Dame game, the Penn State game, he's done enough. And what yeah. does he always do when? Whenever you need trouble, get out of trouble. 
look for Marvin Harrison. Yep. Marvin Harrison Jr. is always seems to be open. So find a way to get to him. And mm. if Marvin Harrison has a really good game, look for him to be right back there in that Heisman finalist area. He's not going to yeah. win it, but he could be a finalist. So 8.8 8 for me. You have a 10. We're going to move on to winners and losers here as we round so, out this episode 52. One but, more thing before we do that. I do want to bring up something that I was reading about, and I think okay. it's important to bring up. Okay. As of November 16th, it's officially true. The Pac-12 will not die this year. The okay. Pac-12 will continue to exist for the next two seasons with just Oregon State and Washington State. Okay. This is the craziest situation I've ever heard, but it looks like they're working with the Mountain West to make scheduling ar- arrangements. They sued the other schools, and they won. So they're going to continue to get money from the Pac-12, and they owe all of the I saw something in Washington. Was Washington like doing something to be still like almost a part of it in a sense? They were trying, but the Oregon State and Pac-12 won a legal battle. So pretty much, they own sole control of the Pac-12 and potentially hundreds of millions of dollars in assets. Pretty much everything the Pac-12 owns, those two schools will own alone. Nobody. So I do know that Oregon State and Washington, with them even with them playing the Mountain West like schedule, they still won't be eligible to play compete in the Mountain West conference game title game. However, because the Pac-12 was a listed as a Power Five school with an official um, Rose Bowl like play-in, right? They will still have that for the next two years. So nice. whoever wins the Pac-12 between Oregon State and Washington State, they play each other. So it's going to be one of those two schools will get an automatic New Year's Six Bowl for the next two years. Hey, that's, in 2024 and 2025. That's not a bad deal, honestly. That's kind of crazy to me. Because the NCAA has a rule that has a two-year grace period for conferences to operate with as few as two schools. That's crazy. I mean, they kind of lucked out right there. I wonder I, – my big question is going to be is if they're going to try to merge with the with the Mountain West and just rebuild the Pac-12 but with all the Mountain West schools now. Um. So I think they could do it. I think that would be enough would, for them to be able. Would to the play. other teams maybe want to be be interested enough in that? That's going to be where I think, from a financial I think, spot. I, I think from the financial, if if the, if Washington State and or and Oregon State have control of those financial assets, right? They get they work with the NCAA to hold their bid for an automatic New Year's Six Bowl. I think all those schools in the Mountain West would jump at the opportunity. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see, but that's what I think. This is awesome to hear. It's really good to hear. You love to see yeah. it. Mm-hmm. We're going to move on, though, to winners and losers real quick. As we are crunch- getting close to time, we'll just run mm-hmm. right through these. My winners this week are Carson Beck, 80% yep. completion percentage. We talked about it. Like, just lit up Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Continues to play well, and he just keeps on rolling. Yeah. Washington's defense, I really thought they were going to be in a tough spot this weekend. Force three turnovers. Keep offense passing game in check for Oregon State, and you keep the run game from not going too crazy. Good job there. UCLA, same thing. Utterly just bullied USC this weekend at USC. Great job right there for that Bruins of all club. My you losers. Think it's a coach? Uh, we'll see. I, we'll see how. I think it's more now if Chip Kelly wants to be there or not. Yeah. So, who are your winners, real quick? So my winners were New Mexico State 
killing Auburn. That go. is a wild thing to do. And then I had Louisville for clinching their spot in the ACC championship. Big first year for Jeff Brom. Fantastic for him. My two losers were Michigan, keeping it close with Maryland. Pretty much just continued all doubts everybody has about you, mm-hmm. especially us two. I feel like a lot of people think they're written in for everything. I have doubts about them. You have doubts about them. But my other loser was Florida State for losing Jordan Travis. I mean, you lose a Heisman finalist, in my opinion. I thought is if he kept on his trajectory, he would probably have a decent shot of going to New York as that fourth guy. Not win the Heisman, but, you know, go to the um, – you know, go to New York and, you know, see it. But um, I still think you have a decent chance, but it, it's a big loss to some of these. My losers are Tennessee. Just mm-hmm. – I think a lot of people thought that they were going to be a lot better than they were this year. Just yeah. never got any good wins. You lose against Florida, Missouri, Bama, Georgia, just in ugly fashions too, and mm-hmm. all four of them. Just ugly games. Lincoln Riley, disappointing year to say the least. That's putting it kindly. Yeah. Just, just not a good coaching performance, coaching job at all this year. What you had returning – the defense has never improved at all since you've been a coach at Oklahoma and USC. Yeah. And now you're seven and five staring at a nice, like middle of the pack bowl game. So, and that's just because you're a power five team and you have a brand name like USC. Yeah. They'll probably play the Alabama bowl against yep. Oklahoma. And how funny would that be? So Florida is my honorary loser of the week. Um, did enough to, it wasn't what they did throughout the game. It was how the game ended. You should have yeah. won the game, and you completely self-imploded mm-hmm. and gave the game away to Missouri. So that's why you are an honorary loser of the week. Yeah. But we'll see how they bounce back this week. All right. Guys, <clears throat> another great show. Mm-hmm. 52 episodes think. complete. Crazy we've got this far. Uh, we'll be back probably – Sometime later this week, we'll get the games in. It'll probably be before Saturday for sure. Yeah. I think we said Friday we might be recording. Friday, yeah. That's what Friday that's morning. So we'll, we'll, it's Friday morning. So we'll record Friday morning, get the episode out, have the episode out by that afternoon so mm-hmm. you guys can watch still and, you know, right before the games starting up Saturday. Enjoy the Egg Bowl and a lot of the good games this weekend on Friday. Civil it's War on Friday. Yep. Arkansas, Missouri, I know. Listen, Pittman's coming back next year, so you never know. As I need Missouri to keep – Missouri would be awesome for Georgia fans to keep winning because it keeps helping that schedule out. It's great schedule. But um, enjoy the games this Saturday. If you are going to watch yes. us on Friday, which would be crazy because you should watch mm-hmm. us on Friday. But if you aren't, enjoy the games on Saturday. Like, what are you? Yeah, what are you doing? Come on, watch us no, on Friday. No, you're going to watch us on Friday. There we go. Mm-hmm. Make sure you guys are subscribing. Continue to subscribe, guys. We are coming close. We got about a month left here before the our January first deadline. So make sure we're trying to get to hundred. We need twenty three more. There's twenty three people out there. And over a hundred of you guys watched last or two episodes ago. I guarantee you, I can look up the stats. I bet you, majority of you aren't subscribed. Subscribe yeah. to the pod. Helps us out. Helps you out. Watch us on Spotify. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on Spotify. Yeah. Any final <laughs> thoughts here? I'm uh, just excited for the next episode. Let's watch yes. some good games, man. Let's let's watch some good games. Enjoy the Egg Bowl and have a great Thanksgiving. We'll see you guys mm-hmm. Friday. See you. See you guys.